you, not by might nor by power, but it's by your spirit that we live, we move, we breathe, and we have our very being. I thank you that the entrance of your word giveth light, and I pray now that you give these your people eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to perceive, receive, and understand your word. Let it be sown on the rich ground of these your people's hearts, and let it bring forth a mighty harvest. I move out of the way you in charge. All of you, none of me, more of you, less of me. See through my eyes, hear through my ears. Let them see, hear, and say, no man except Jesus the Christ ministering and speaking these words of life into their being. And when it's all said and done, we'll give you the glory, we'll give you the honor, and we'll give you all the praise in the mighty name of Jesus. And all of God's people said, amen. All right, let's get into the word on today. As they said in our announcements, we are on a brand new series. How many of you all remember that, that statement that we had a couple of months ago about step up? Y'all remember that? Step up, no more common, only exceptional. And so, and so I have a direction of Holy Spirit to go back uh, to that, and we're going we're gonna to use uh, that word exceptional as a, an umbrella for the messages that we will be teaching from now over into December. So this will be our exceptional living series, our exceptional living series. It is the will of God that you and I have and live an exceptional life. Come on, say amen to that. Look at Matthew, Matthew chapter 6. We're going to read verses 24 through verses 34. Matthew 6, 24 <clears throat> through 34. We're going to hold communion at the end because um, we're going to take communion uh, concerning this exceptional life that God wants you and I to have. The Bible talks about when we take communion that as often as we do it, we do it in remembrance of him. So I'm, I'm asking you to give me both sets of your ears and, and lean in for those of us who wear glasses and contacts. I want both sets of your eyes. We want to look into the scripture and we want to find out what is God's intent in this life that we call salvation. Amen? All right. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, starting reading at verse 24 down through verse 34. Here we go. You ready? You ready? All right. Here we go. Here we go. You ready? Uh, I, I'm, that's not what I'm You ready? Okay, that's, that's what I want. That's what I want. That's what I want. Okay. Now, now you should have you turned the collard greens off. You get what I'm saying? You, 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 I need you. Listen, listen. We often miss it. Remember, we said last, the week before last when I was teaching that Satan comes immediately to steal the word. So, so don't let him steal the word. You need to lean into this moment. Amen? Because it's going to be life-changing. I am believing that, that God is going to confirm this word with signs and wonders following. Are you listening to me? Okay, okay, let me let you go on to know where, where I'm going with this. We, in this series, we're going to be talking about uh, you developing a living will. We're going to be talking about you budgeting. We're going to be talking about you taking care of your finances and, and those beginning stages of what you need to secure generational wealth for your family. Amen. Amen. Be helping these young, some of you younger people not to be like I was and, and wait till I got a little older before I decided to look at a life insurance policy when you have time now to set those things up. Because if we set that stuff up first, then we can enjoy life. But we shouldn't be enjoying life like some of us are enjoying life at, without, and we haven't even considered our future. Amen. 
We haven't considered our future. So you're supposed to do that at the startup. Come on, say at the startup. Now, now let, let, let's look at this. That's why I need you to lean in. Okay, verse 24 says, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one or love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Now, this goes on to say, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat, what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than remnant? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for remnant? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Let's just throw verse 34 now. Take therefore no thought for the morrow. For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Now, let me, let me say first of all, this, these, this context of scripture is not saying that you should not be concerned about shelter. That you should not be concerned about having food. That you should not be concerned about having clothes on your body. It sounds like that, but that is not. What it is pointing to. It is saying that God has already taken care of your life in this area. And if you get God first, you won't have to worry about those things because those things come with God. Are you listening to me? That as a believer, that should not, watch this, that should not be the first thing on our mind. Because whatever you put first on your mind, you have to love it and hate everything else. He said put God first and all those things in your life, our life, will be add-ons. Are you listening to me? Now, now I have an opening. My opening statement is a story. So listen to my story. A lady wanted to bake a cake, so she assembled all the necessary ingredients. She was so excited to finally bake a cake. When she turned the box around, she noticed that part of the instructions were missing. So instead of getting a box with all the instructions, she decided that there could not have been much written on the parts that were torn off. So she started with what was left on the box. Because the beginning of the recipe was torn off, the lady had to make up how she wanted to mix the ingredients. The only thing left were the baking instructions on the box. In the end, 
It came out miserably. It failed. It was nothing like what the box showed. The lady was furious. She went back to the store complaining about the cake. The manager asked her if she followed the directions. The lady replied, yes. Then quickly recanted her answer and said she made up the beginning instructions and only follow the baking procedures the manager said well the instructions are what produces the product and in the instructions were other ingredients that the box couldn't hold but gave you the exact products needed to go along with what with what was in the box so that you can see what the box said. The lady apologized, dropping her head and walked off. Realizing that she chose to ignore and disregard the instructions for the mixing of the ingredients, it was her fault. What she failed to realize was that the ingredients were a system of mixing was given also to go along with the box so that she could see the outcome of what the box said it had the ability to produce. Hebrews 4 and 2 says like this, For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Here's my story point. We often make the mistake of starting in the middle and leave out critical information that is necessary so that we have and live the God quality of life that God has made ready and available for us and we don't finish working with the ingredients because we only get part of it and not all. Turn to Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. I want to show it to you in the Amplified Bible. So good, man. I'm telling you, man, y'all need to lean in. Y'all need to lean in. You know, you have, you have, if you go to urgent care, you're going to see a general physician. Right? They're they going to look in your ear. They're going to look in your tongue, look at your tongue down your throat. They're going to take some blood. They're going to look at your eyes. They're going to look at the, the basic things that the body will, will normally give to them from an outward uh, viewpoint to let them possibly know what's going on on the inside of your body. Because if studied properly and trained properly, there are certain cues that the body will give the trained eye to let them know what's going on inside of the body. Right? But then there are times when you will go to urgent care and they have to send you to a specialist. And, and a specialist is a person that is trained in a particular field for a particular thing. These next few weeks, uh, I, I'm going to stand before you as a specialist. It, uh, not just general. No, no. This is not just general. Uh, you're, you're, you're coming to a specialist right now. And, and this specialist job is to get you out of debt. This, this, this specialist job is to make sure that you don't become a servant to mammon. Are you listening to me? 
Now watch this. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 in the Amplified Bible, it says this. For we are God's own handiwork. His workmanship. Come on, say, I belong to God. Recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we, here's the mixing of the ingredients, may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time. Isn't that what a, in, in a box cake? When you go to the, for, for, for all of us that like the, that, it's okay if you take the shortcut. If you can't bake, please get the box. Don't be messing up all that flour and butter and sugar. Don't be, don't be messing all that up. If the, the, the box will get you there. Can I get a amen? But, but that box, that box, that box gives you everything that you need to produce that picture on the front. Watch this. It's been predestined. It's been planned ahead of time. It's waiting for you to have a soft top country brownie. It's prearranged, ready for you to eat. But you got to follow the instructions. And because you don't follow the instructions don't mean that there's something wrong with the box. Are you listening? And oftentimes we make something wrong with the book. But ain't nothing wrong with the book. We just not following the instructions inside the book. You can't start in the middle. You can't start at the end. You got to start at the beginning. Now watch this. It says he's prearranged and made ready for us to live. Uh, uh, it goes on to say he, he prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them. And this life that God has prepared for you and I, it's a good life. Come on, say it's a good life. Man, I'm, I'm going to tell you, my heart cries for the church. I don't know it all. I don't know it all. But I love God's people. And my heart, the problem, and I'll just share this with you all, the problem with the church is that we got evangelists in the pulpit that have not made the transition. We got evangelists in the pulpit that have not made the transition to understand that you are now a pastor, not an evangelist. So you can't keep preaching sin messages to people who are already saved. Your job is to now train them. They've already been caught a sin message to catch the sinner. You come here to get trained to grow up in God. So I shouldn't, we shouldn't be throwing up from the pulpit seeing messages. We should be training you up in God. So we got evangelists and, 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 and the shame of it is, is they don't understand it. It's an anointing on their life to gather crowds, but they'd rather come to a place where the crowd has already been gathered. They don't know how to make the transition. And we sit there and we shout about it. We say amen and hallelujah. And, and you learning more about sin, but you still ain't growing in God. So most of our worship is from a place of condemnation. We've never, most, of, most churches have never worshiped God right. Because we think we're undone. We're no good. Oh, we're just, we're just, we're just wretches undone and we don't deserve this. That is an out of relationship worship. A newborn baby never thinks that they're no good in the hands of the parent. And you've been born again. Where you get you no good from. You've been born again. You are a baby in the spirit. And imagine a parent whooping a baby. That baby, you, that baby can't even change his own diaper. We're not growing people up. 
but really not growing people up. The Bible says it's a good life. Come on, say it's a good life. Does it have its challenges? Yes, but it's a good life. Will we face persecution? Will we come up against sufferings? Yes, but it's a good life. And the Bible says he's made it ready for you to live. You know, my, my, my grandmother, my grandmother used to bake cakes. And um, I couldn't wait till after she finished mixing that thing. I got any witnesses here? And don't, if you are only child, you all right. But I had two sisters. And everybody was sitting around waiting after she got the, the mix out of the, the, the paint, out of the bowl into the, what you waiting on? What you waiting on? What you, you know what you waiting on. You waiting on them, look, you get all, you get all up in there, cut your tongue, your tongue, so you get all up in there. And then, come on, you get that bowl and you, you see them lines in that bowl? You want the spatula too? You want everything. Give me, give me, give me everything. But watch this, as good as that was, coach, that wasn't the cake. You, you, couldn't, you couldn't eat that and be all right. There was still a process that was left so you could get the good part. It had to go into the oven. And when applied to heat and pressure, it came out better than it was in the bowl. And some of us are not willing to sit up under the pressure. Because he's trying to get the best out of you. Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Here's a foundational statement. God created man. Listen, please listen to this. God created man. Then God determined the standard of man's living. Woo! God determined the standard of man's function and operation. Not the world. Look at me, look at me. This is not in that, that thing, but I got to say, we may not even get past this opening statement because I need you to just, you got to marinate in that. You got to marinate in that. God determined it. The fallen state of man didn't determine it. The fallen state of man didn't change it. What God determined when he created man. Listen, listen, listen. We can't move fast. We can't move fast. We can't move fast. The fall of man did not change how God determined man would be when he created him. It didn't change God. It changed man's condition, but it didn't change God's mind. I know it didn't change God's mind. See, when people say, I don't like that statement, he didn't have to do it. Because what do you mean he didn't have to do it? If his word can't return void, come on, walk through the scripture. I'm trying to open the eyes of your understanding. If, first of all, you got to ask yourself, how are you determining he didn't have to do it? Are you looking at him or are you looking at you? And if you look at you, now you're the creator. So now you're determining what you would do had someone done that to you. I submit to you, he had to do it. He had to, he did. Because the Bible says he created everything good and very good. And so when it changed, he looked at what he created and said, that ain't the way I made it. 
and he himself. Give me John, James chapter 1. Let me show you. See, we don't follow the Bible as a progressive revelation. James chapter 1. Oh, look at my time. God dog it. James chapter 1, verse 18. Put it on the overhead. Dr. Rock, I submit he had to. He, I remember I got, I, my mama told me, uh, I got kicked out of the house at 16. I was hard head. Right? She had to turn me over to the devil for the destruction of my flesh, not for the destruction of my life. Let me pause and say something right here. Some of you parents, you, you got to hear God, you got to hear God. But some of you parents, in helping your children out, you're getting in God's way. That comes, that comes a time. See, that man that was sleeping with his daddy and wife in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, he would have never changed always being around the church because they wouldn't do nothing about it. They was loving on him. We just love all this love stuff we got. We just love you and we just, and the man, he would say, oh, so since y'all love me, I just keep on sleeping with him. Here's what Paul said. He said, kick him out of the church. Turn him over to Satan, not so that he would die. Turn him over to Satan for the destruction of his life. In other words, Paul said, give him what he want. And when he recognized it ain't right, then he'll change. But around y'all, his eyes won't come open. They kicked the boy out of the church. The boy changed. He was like, oh, my God. And, and Paul had to write back to the church in 2 Corinthians, which is actually 3 Corinthians because the second letter was lost, so he wrote again. Paul had to write back and say, hey, y'all, let the boy back. <laughs> I ain't tell you to leave my death forever. Let the boy back in the church. And folks like Paul said, kick you out. You ain't coming back up a hill. Paul's like, no, 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 no. I wasn't telling you don't let him back. He, he's changed. Y'all can let him back in the church. Some of you parents... You're helping your child when God say, I need you to get out the way. And you're scared. If I let them do that, they're going to they die. You're helping them die anyway. You get out the way, and the Bible said, my mama kicked me out the house. I'm a little older now, and I'm talking to my mom. And I say, Mom, I say, I bet you was up all night praying. You know, she say, boy, I slept so good. I'm touched. I'm touched, right? Well, what you mean you slept good? Your oldest your only boy is out there in the street. She say, baby, I pleaded the blood over your life. I put angels around you, and I slept. She say, and hey, look where you at now. Because I remember I slept in my car for the first week. Then I found a friend house I can stay at. And then, like the prodigal son, I came to myself. I say, Lord Jesus, I had a bed at home. My mama cooked every night. I ain't had no collard greens. I ain't you give it, I'm cramped up in this car. And so I got smart. I went, I knew she would go by my grandmama house every day. So, you know, back in those days in Tomaville, we played football on the street. So I decided I was going to go get in front of my grandmama house about an hour before she was going to show up. I'm playing football. I had to show up a little early because I want to be sweated and make her think I'm not here for you. I'm here because I want to play football. <laughs> right? So she pull up, she pull up beside me. She say, hey, how you been? I say, I say, I'm, I'm, I'm doing good. I said, how you been? I'm trying to be bad. You know what I'm saying? I'm doing good. Like, how you been? I'm, I'm trying to play like, you know, I'm good. You know what I'm saying? I'm sleeping in the car, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm from bed, pillar to post, but, but I'm good. You get what I'm saying? I'm trying to, and then I say, I want to come home. <laughs> that thing broke me down, but I said, I want to come home. <laughs> she said, oh, you want to come home? I said, yeah, ma'am, I want to come home. She said, well, you come around there and we'll talk first. I'm thinking she's going to say, well, get your stuff, come on back to you. She said, no, 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 come on around there and we'll talk first. She laid down some rules, and I said, yeah, ma'am, I'm abiding by all them rules. 
And it just so happened she cooked, so when I went up in the house, I just fell in love all over again. She had no problem for me. See, she had to kick me out so that out there in the world it could destroy what was in my flesh. You giving them money and helping them out, it's not getting rid of it. Now, you do with that what you want to do with it. I don't even know why I went that way, but let's, that's going to that's gonna help some parent out. And now you worried and you struggling and you ain't got no money to pay your bills because, you know, <laughs> and you begging God for help. God said, get out my way. I got them. And now for, let me, oh, geez, five minutes. Now for you other parents, let me help some of y'all out. For you other parents, your, ch- your children about to be grown and gone. You know, they in their teenage years and, you know, they smelling themselves. That's what we used to say, they smelling themselves. Because you smelled yourself too. You just don't, you just trying not to remember when you smelled yourself, right? Here, here, here's what I say to all of you parents. I got one question. Every time I meet a parent, my child, my child, I, I, I let them get all that out. Let's get through. Because you shouldn't think, you don't, don't try to think when you're emotional. Let the emotions get out the way first. And I let them calm down. And then I ask them one question. I just got one question I ask you. I say, do you trust your training? And then they got to stop because they want me to talk about the child. No, no, no. The Bible says if you train them up in the way they're supposed to grow, when they old, they won't depart, which means they'll go out there, but if the right training is in them, they'll come back. So my question to you is, do you trust your training? And some of them have to, oh, I ain't do too good of a job. Well, well, now you see what you got. But if you did a good job, then my response to you is, well, then trust the training. They'll be back. I was a hard-headed boy, man. Didn't have my dad in my life. You get what I'm saying? I took it out on my mom. But look here, I'm, I'm a pastor now. You get what I'm saying? You know why? Because the training works. So if you trust your training, if you did right as a parent, trust the training. When they old, they won't depart. They'll come back. God got his hand on your child's life. They'll come back. You just stay. Don't, 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 go, don't get over there and start cussing and acting out of character and then put God bless you on the end. No, no, no. You, you, you stay. You stay. You maintain that highway of righteousness and, and, and keep God, keep on loving them. They come back. They come back. Amen. I just helped some parent out, right? God wanted, to, God wanted to stop by your street today. That's how much he loved you. Now watch this now. And I want to go back and say this again. God created man. Listen to this. Put that statement back up there because I need them to see that. I knew we, we weren't going to get I wanted to get past more than this, but maybe this is where God wants us to be at. And maybe you got to spend some time. You need to take a picture of this because you got to spend some time right here. God created. Who created man? God created man. Okay, God made the tree, and God determined that the tree would go down first to establish a root system and then come up out the ground, and God determined how tall a tree would grow. God determined that a bush would only grow up to a certain level. Are you listening to me? God determined that grass, how the grass, whether it's St. Augustine he, and how tall, God determined that. Come on, say God determined that. The creator determined all of that. And because that gets out of alignment for whatever reason doesn't mean that God changed his mind on how he created it. So God created man. God determined the standard of man's living, man's function, and man's operation. Then God put man into that standard and gave man. Now, here's what it is. The Bible says God created man over here, 
Man is on hold. God then creates a garden. He puts everything in that garden, everything that man would need to live and be provided for. He, the garden is also a type and shadow of how God wanted man to live, What the standard that God would put man in. Since that's the beginning of the time, there are no houses in that time, so the garden would be a type and shadow of his house, and he had the best house. He was in a garden. Come on, it was the best of the best. Four rivers, part, a river parted in the forehead, gold in one, Pison, Hittikel. You know what I'm saying? That was a golden bedellion in the river. I mean, it was, it was just, so it had its own flow, right? That, 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 would, that would represent, the rivers would rec- represent the economic system of the garden. It had a flow and it parted in the foreheads and there was resource in all of those rivers. And after God determined the standard and created the standard of how he wanted man to live and exist, he then took the man and brought the man and Put the man in it. And he said, now dress it and keep it. Keep it how it is. Dress it, which means to manicure it, take care of it, to manage it, to keep it how it. Keep that standard in your life. It was God's standard. Are you listening to me? And it was good. Come on, say it was good. That's what the Bible says. Behold, God looked at everything he made and it was good. And so that's in Genesis. Then when we get over to Ephesians chapter 2, the Bible says the same thing. So that means God didn't change his mind from beginning to new. And the Bible says he's made ready for us to live a, a good life. So God's mind is for his people is still only being good for us. Okay, okay. Uh, and then he gave, uh, and gave man which would be mankind one command. And that one command to that garden was to dress and keep the standard. That is so good. Come on, say dress and keep the standard. Look at the person beside say dress and keep the standard. Now look at me. But how can you dress and keep a standard that you don't know? See, we've heard in the church for year after year, if God wants you to have it, Then he'll give it to you. But evidently, if you don't have it, it's because God didn't want you to have it. That ain't Bible. That's not scripture. You won't find no scripture to validate that. You got to stop letting people give you quotes and provide no text. He gave man one command, but then he gave man one warning. And that one warning was not to... Of all the trees of the garden, you may freely eat of, but at one tree, God say, don't eat of it. Am I at my 30? Give me my five then so I know because I'm trying to stay with that time. Yeah, I'm going to stay on that time. Stay on that time. All right. One warning to not eat from the tree because, watch this now, the one tree. How many trees? How many things? How many things? Y'all got quiet. Y'all wondering now. Y'all wondering now. Listen, it's not many things that get us off. It's still one thing. It's still one thing. And the one thing is still eating from the wrong tree. What am I saying? Many of us are off because we want the tree of life, but we still eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The church only has a one tree problem. Satan is not a big problem. The Bible says all you got to do is resist him, he'll flee. He was defeated. The Bible says God made a show of him openly triumphant over him in them. 
The Bible says when it comes to Satan, 1 Peter 5, the Bible says, Whom resist steadfast in faith, not wavering, for God is faithful who promised. Luke chapter 10, verse 17, Jesus said, I be, Behold, I give unto you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing by any means shall hurt you. But if Satan can get you to focus on him and eat from the tree, the one tree, come on, put my thing back up there, one tree, let me look at my time, okay, okay, come on, quick, 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 quick. Because the one tree would bring what? Confusion, chaos, and disconnection from the standard. One tree did all that. All this good stuff you got and one tree confused you about all that. Now watch this. That word standard means a level of quality of attainment. It means a grade. It means a degree. The word standard means excellence. So God gave man an excellent standard to live by, an exceptional way of living. So let me give you this one point, and then we'll, we'll, we'll pick up on this a little bit more. Here's my point. It is important above all else that we know God's, read that, his what? Come on, come on, talk to me. He, we know his what? His what? Okay, let, let, those two words, I, I want you to say it a little loud. I want you to hear it. is important that we know God's. Good. His beginning intent or else we will make up something and assume a position. Keep reading. That will not serve us a. Just look at that. I'm not rushing through this because you're with a specialist and a specialist has to take his time. I don't want to cut anything out that you need. I don't want to put you up under anesthesia and you come back and then I've taken something else that you didn't come in for. So I'm not going to feel the pressure of needing to rush. And don't you feel the pressure of needing to rush. Sometimes we have to heal something and we got to sit in it. 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 We can't TikTok our way. We can't Instagram our way, you know, the quick 30-second snip, quick minute, quick minute thing, and then you, no, 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 no. Let's look back at that again. It is important above all else that we know God's beginning intent or else we will make up something and assume a position, come on, that will not serve us a God out. Um, and I'm convinced the church has assumed a position because we don't know what God's beginning intent was. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. If you were changed by this message today, help someone else by sharing on your social media platforms. You can partner with us to continue to reach more people by giving at rightwayccc.org or on the Givelify app. Make sure to subscribe so that you're the first to know when a new episode is available. Thanks for listening.